Hello and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen to this message, it helps you grow closer to God and inspires you to live like Jesus. Thanks for listening. Here's the message. Hey, my name is Jason Isles. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and, and I'm excited to speak to you today about worship. I do want to read you a story, though, and this story has absolutely nothing to do with this message or series, okay? But I thought it was funny, and I want to read it to you. A Minneapolis couple decided to go to Florida during an icy winter. They planned to stay at the same hotel where they spent their honeymoon 20 years earlier. Because of their hectic schedules, it was difficult for the couple to coordinate their travel plans. So the husband left Minnesota and flew on a Thursday while his wife uh, was planning on coming down the next day on Friday. The husband checked into the hotel. There was a computer in the lobby, and so he decided to send an email to his wife. However, he accidentally left out one letter of her email address, and he mistakenly sent it to the wrong person. How many of you have ever sent the wrong text, usually, or email accidentally? Yes, I have done that, and it was, it was very embarrassing because the text was supposed to be to my wife, and it was, and it was what a husband might say to his wife, and I sent it to a man in the church. It was one of the most embarrassing things I have ever been a part of, and I'm just going to leave it at that. But he sent the email who he thought was to his wife to the wrong person. Meanwhile, somewhere in Houston, a widow had just returned home from her husband's funeral. He was a Baptist minister who was called home to heaven. The widow decided to check her email, expecting condolences from family and friends, but after reading the first email, she screamed and fainted. The widow's son rushed into the room, found his mother on the floor, and saw the computer screen which read, to my loving wife, I've just arrived today. I know you're surprised to hear from me. They have computers here now. You're allowed to send emails to your loved ones from time to time. Since I just arrived, I thought I would send you an email. Everything has been prepared for your arrival tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing you then, and I hope your journey is as uneventful as mine is. P.S. It sure is hot down here. Your loving husband. I thought that was pretty good. Hey, last week, Pastor Chad kicked off a series that we are calling Kingdom Worship. We're going to continue that today. And um, he did a great job. Um, he talked first about what worship is not. If you have not, if you weren't here last week um, and would like to catch that, you can go online and watch that on our Facebook page, um, on YouTube. Um, but th- that's all there. I highly encourage you to, to watch this. But we learned that worship is not about us. We learned that worship is not necessarily an event. And it's not just about the songs we sing. Here's the first statement I want to make about worship regarding this series. Listen to me. We all worship something. 
We all worship something. It's how we were created. It's in our DNA. It's how God wired us. We give our adoration, our worship, our passion to something or someone. In 1979, Bob Dylan released a song. It's called, You Gotta Serve Somebody. Have you ever heard this song? You Gotta Serve Somebody. And he referred to different things that we serve. And at the end of every chorus, he says, it might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but you will, you're going to have to serve somebody. You see, all of us give our worship and our adoration to someone or something. Last week, Pastor Chad defined worship as the priority we place on who God is in our lives and where God is on the list of our priorities. I want to give you a definition today, and if, you're, if you uh, have the Bible app on your phone or your iPad, all these notes are on version. Um, if your location services are on, all you got to do is pull up version, click events, and Destiny Church will show up right there, and you can follow along. You can even take your own notes on it. But this is in your notes. Worship is our response to what we value the most. Just simply put, Worship is our response to what we value the most. All of us have things in our lives that we put a high value on. All of us have things in our lives like a sports team. Maybe you own a boat. Maybe your kids play club sports. Uh, maybe, maybe you're passionate about making money. Uh, whatever it is, they're, they're, every, every one of us have things in our lives, and we put a high value on those things. We come in here on Sundays, and maybe you put, uh, maybe you are here and worshiping in the house. Maybe you're online. Maybe you like to listen to you worship in the car or at home, wherever it is. Maybe you have quiet time with God. But my question to you today is this: Is He at the top of your list? Is He at the top? Or are we placing these other things in our lives? Does God tend to take a back seat to some of that stuff? That's what we're talking about today. What value do you place on your time with God? Whatever we worship, we become obsessed with. And if you say, Pastor Jason, I don't know, how do I know if I'm obsessed with something? How do I know if, if there's something that I'm placing above God. There's several ways that you could maybe look at that, but one particular way is if, is if you were to show me the last 60 days of your bank statement, I can show you what you're passionate about. I could show you what you value. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, Jesus says, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be. In other words, your heart always follows your treasure. Wherever you are investing your hard-earned money in, your heart's going to follow that. That is what you are passionate about. Whatever you worship, you become obsessed with. And whatever you become obsessed with, you begin to imitate. And then whatever, whatever you imitate, you actually become that. And some of us in the building may or may not necessarily like what we've become. 
And so I want to challenge you during this series. I want to challenge you today. I want you to take inventory in your heart. I want you to search out maybe what you've become. Maybe everything is great. Maybe God's at the very top of your list, and that's great. Or maybe during this series, you'll find some areas in your life where you say, man, I need to make an adjustment here. God, I'm sorry. I, I've, I, have, I have placed you down the list a little bit, and, and I've just kind of lost sight a little bit. Take inventory of your heart today. That's our goal. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse I'm going to read verses 21 through 23. Paul says, For although they knew God, this is talking to people just like us, although they knew God, although they came to church, although they were in a life group, although they serve, although they have been a Christian their entire life, Although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor give thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged. Everybody say that word. Say exchanged. They exchanged, they put something else that they worshipped in place of God. They put something toward the bottom of their list up higher than God. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Now, I know most of us don't have golden calves in our living rooms. I know most of us don't have statues of animals on your mantle. At least I hope you don't. That would be really weird if you did. But something that is less meaningful than God has been put above God. And so today I want to give you three things that our current culture has exchanged, our current culture says is more important. Or you could say Three golden calves that we have placed in front of God. Number one, we've exchanged pride for worship. Pride. Inside, we may know how we should worship God, but for some of us, pride gets in the way. How many of you, be honest, how many of you have ever thought, and again, worship can happen Outside of these walls, worship can happen anywhere. But how many of you have ever thought during worship on Sunday morning, I'd like to lift my hands, but what if somebody sees me? What if somebody, what if somebody watches me? You know, some of us, some of us, and I'm a people watcher, so I, I, I like to scan the room, I like to watch and everything, and, you know, and some of us are passionate about our worship, but some of us, we lock in right here. I call it the groomsman pose. <laughs> We're right here. We get locked in. And we're not as passionate, and that's okay. You know, this is the great thing about Destiny Church is it's a multi-denominational church. Doesn't matter how you were raised. You're welcome here. But I do want to challenge you, though. 
I do want to challenge you. You know, some of us, we, we grew up in traditional church. We didn't raise our hands. There was no jumping up and down. The, you know, you, you, maybe you grew up in a Pentecostal church where everybody starts running. Yeah. Hey, I've been, I've seen it all, folks. I've seen people run. I've seen worship team do a Peter Pan off the stage. I've seen, I've seen all kinds. And no one's asking you to do that. You know, when we dedicated baby Letty last week, at the end of that prayer, Pastor Chad said, I want you to stretch your hand, and we're going to pray a prayer blessing. And I looked, kind of looked around the room, and there was 100% participation. I loved it. But yet, when music happens and when worship happens, and maybe we feel something in our heart, we have a hard time putting our hands up or down, you know, you, you know, some of us, we, you know, we might get over here and, you know, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Okay. And I'm good. And, you know, I, let, me, let me read this scripture to you. First Timothy chapter 2. Paul says, in every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted to God. Folks, that's not a denominational thing. That has nothing to do with denomination. It doesn't have anything to do with how you grew up. Paul says, we, in the place of worship especially, but hey, lift your hands. It's okay to lift your hands. It's okay to worship and to give God uh, what he deserves. Can I tell you, no one's looking at you. No one's going to look at you. No one's going to say anything. Isn't it amazing at how conscious we are about what other people think, but we're not too concerned about what God thinks and how he asks us to worship him? So the next time we worship together, especially in here, lift your hands. Start somewhere. You know, I mean, it, again, if it's not comfortable, start somewhere, even if it's just right here. It's a sign of surrender. It's a sign of surrender. You see it all the time. If you watch TV, when, when you know, when a police officer's involved, hands up, it's a sign of surrender. Start somewhere. Don't let pride get in the way of worship. Number two, we've exchanged self-gratification. I really didn't know how else to put this. We've exchanged self-gratification for worship. Our current society teaches us that it's all about a feeling. If it feels good, then do it. Don't worry about morals. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about maybe how your parents brought you up. Don't worry about if it's wise. Don't worry about if, it, if it's right or wrong. If it feels right, if it feels good, do it. That is what our culture is teaching us. We live in a self-gratifying society. Don't judge me. That's just how I feel. And I, can I tell you, feelings are great. There's nothing better than being in a worship service here and you actually feel the presence of God. You know, we felt the presence of God today. I did, especially during that, that third song. There, it, that's great, but can I tell you that the feeling is not the goal? We are here to give God what he deserves, whether we feel like it or not. He's worthy of our worship 
whether we feel like giving it to him or not. So here's what we do. Well, Pastor Jason, I just don't like that song. Don't like that one. I'll wait for the next one. What's, what's the deal with all these lights and the haze and these screens changing colors and one of them's bright and the next one's dark and it's just annoying. And the, the sound, it's just, it, it thumps a little too much, you know. I just, I just I, I'm going to wait. I don't like that. And in case you didn't know, the lights and the video and the haze and the sound, it's honestly, it's not for you. They move the way they do. The video changes. The lights change because we want everything in this building declaring and proclaiming the glory of God. We don't do it because it makes us feel good. We do it because we serve a God who deserves it. Look at Hebrews chapter 13. It says, through Jesus, therefore, let us wait until we feel like it. Therefore, through Jesus, let us, when the right song plays, no, it says, let us, through Jesus, continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Continually, in everything we do, not just here on Sunday, at your job, at your kid's game, wherever it is, let us continually offer God a sacrifice of praise. In other words, we shouldn't wait until we feel like it. We shouldn't wait. We should actually offer worship to God at all times because honestly, when you don't feel like it, it's actually better when it costs you something. It's actually better when you don't feel like it. When you walk in, I've, I've had a bad week. I had a bad something at your work, an argument with your kids, whatever it is. When we walk in here and we're like, man, I just... Come on, everybody's been there. I've been there. I work here and I've been there. I've worked here and I've said, there's been times I've been, man, I just not feeling it today. But then you say, but God, you deserve it. You deserve it. You're worthy. You're great whether I feel like it or not. And then when we begin to express that and we begin to give God uh, that adoration and that worship, things start to shift. Things start to move in our life. I can't explain it. It's actually better when it costs you something, folks. It really is. Well, I don't really worship openly because it's just not my personality. It's not my personality. What if it's God's personality? My uh, wife's love language is acts of service. So if you ever have done the love language study, um, you can actually do it online. It's free if, for, for, you know, if you're married and you want to kind of figure out how your spouse feels love the most. She feels the most love with acts of service. She likes when I, you know, load the dishwasher, fold the towels, and she likes when I fill the, the car up with gas to where if she's going somewhere, she didn't have to stop 
and get fuel. And, and, you know, she likes acts of service. Would it be right of me to say, babe, I know you feel the most love when I do things for you, but it's just not my personality. (laughs) That's just not who I am. Would that be right of me? Right or wrong, it's not going to fly. I know that for a fact. But isn't that what we do with God? God, I just don't feel like it today. It's just, or it's just not my personality. God tells us how he wants to be worshiped. The Bible is full of scriptures that tell us how he wants to be worshiped. We read one. Lift up holy hands. We've read, we're going to be talking about some of the postures of worship um, here in the next few weeks. And, and, and I can't wait to hear from some of our staff as well as they you know, give, their, give their angle on worship according to what the Word says. But one in particular, Psalm, you know, Psalm, there's 150 chapters in Psalms. And most of them are about how God wants to be worshipped. Psalm chapter 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. I had to look up what a lyre was. I had no idea. I came up as a musician. I don't even know what a lyre was. It's like a harp thing. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and on the pipe. And it's not talking about the pipe you used in college. That's a different pipe. That is not worship, folks. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise God. Come on. But yet sometimes we say, I'm not feeling that. That's not me. I don't necessarily like loading the dishwasher. It's not my idea of a good time. But I do it because I love her and I want her to know that I love her. Shouldn't we do the same thing with God? We've exchanged pride. Some of us, we've exchanged self-gratification. And number three, we talked, I think, I think even Tasha said this in our uh, MC moment. We've exchanged spectating for worship. Some of us believe that we've experienced worship if we just show up. And I know worship is not limited to a service, and I know that we call this a worship service. But worship, again, is your response to what you value the most. Sometimes we find ourselves spectating, not participating. How many of you have told your spouse only one time that you love them? Babe, we've been married almost 25 years, and the only time, I, the only time I've ever told her I loved her is that day when I put a ring on her finger. Of course not. I tell her every day. She needs to hear that. Same thing with God. He continually, he says it in Hebrews, he continually wants us to express how we feel about him. 
And if you truly say, Pastor Jason, I want to get closer to God. Maybe you've taken some inventory as I've been speaking. I want to get closer to God. How many of you, let's just do this. How many of you say, Jason, I want to get closer to God? Raise your hand. If you, I, I, want, to, I want to get closer to God. I'm going to tell you how. And it's, it's, it's very complicated, but I'm going to tell you how. James chapter 4, verse 8. Come close to God, and he'll come close to you. Another translation says, draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. The problem is, is some of us are waiting on God to nudge us, or we're waiting when we feel like it to try to draw close to him. Let me tell you something. God already made his move. He expressed love to you in a way that you and I will never, ever be able to express. He gave his son to die on a cross so he could get close to you. The Bible said there was a veil between us and God. That's why there was all the sacrifices in the Old Testament. And God finally had enough and said, you know what? The only thing that will restore that relationship is for me to give my son. I don't know what that is, by the way. It's the Lord knocking on your heart's door. <laughs> but the only way is for me to give my son to cover your sin. And the Bible said when Jesus died, that veil was torn in two. And now... We have direct access to God through His Son, Jesus Christ. So why does God need me to worship? And I'm wrapping up. Why does God need me to worship? I know sometimes maybe I spectate. I know I'm, I'm a little prideful. Maybe I substitute things. Maybe I've exchanged some things. Why does God make such a big deal about us worshiping? I want to read this to you. Psalms chapter 50. Psalm chapter 50, verse 8. God says, I have no complaint about your sacrifices or your burnt offerings. Remember in the Old Testament, they had to bring burnt offerings, uh, grain offerings, and they, they, they had to you know, do a lot of things to atone for sin. God, I have no complaints about that. But here's the deal. I don't need your bulls or from your barns or your goats or your rams for all the animals in the forest are mine. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountain and all the animals in the field, they're all mine. If I were hungry, I really wouldn't tell you about it because the world's mine and everything in it. And I never really thought of this. So God, if you own everything, don't you own worship as well? Isn't it... Why wouldn't you just program us when you wanted us to worship that we just did it? We wouldn't know any different. Worship is giving God something that he doesn't have. I know God, every, he says he owns everything. Every single thing he owns, but here's the deal. He could control that if he wanted to, but worship, listen to me, is something that he gave away 
In other words, God removed his ability to take it from you so you you would willingly offer it to him. That's why we worship. Worship is something, your worship is something unique and so precious that only you can give it. I can't, Doug, I can't give him your worship. I can't do it. I can't do it. Makai, I can't give him your worship. Only you can. Think about that. It's in our DNA to worship, but God gave it away so that we would willingly offer it to him. It can't be altered. It can't be counterfeit by somebody else. So quickly, three things. I promise. I know I gave you three. I'm going to give you three more real quick. How do we do this? What's God want from us? Number one, he wants us to thank him. God's saying, if you love me, tell me. If you don't know this already, folks, God is absolutely crazy about you. He gave us the most important thing to him, which was his son. He tells us how much he loves us through every sunrise, every sunset, the boundaries of every wave, the stars, the moon, the mountains. How in the world can you go to the Rocky Mountains and think, well, this was just two sand particles that collided in the universe? It's beautiful. That's how much he loves you. Psalm 50, moving on, verse 14. He says, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made. So just thank him. He wants you to thank him. Number two, he wants you to offer complete control. He wants all of you. For some of you, it means taking your relationship from God from this casual, you know, I pray every once in a while. I talk to him every once in a while. I come to church every once in a while. Now, he, he's, he's asking you to walk down the aisle and put a ring on it. That's what he's doing. He wants all of you. God doesn't just want you to date him. He wants all of you. That's true worship. And then in verse 15, he says, Then call on me when you're in trouble, and I will rescue you. Thank him. Offer him complete control. And the next thing, the last thing, include him in everything that you do. Every aspect of your of your life, work, school, church, sports. When you go to Chick-fil-A, and that's often for me, include him in everything. My relationship with Rochelle wouldn't work out so well if I gave her just a part of me. No, I gave her all of me. Shouldn't we do the same thing with God? And so today as I'm wrapping up, I want you to take inventory. We're going to worship here in just a second. I'm asking you that one of the postures we talked about is lifting our hands. I'm asking you wherever you are in worship, I'm just asking you to just take a step. If you're right here, go right here. If you're right here, go right here. Let's give honor to God. Let's worship him for these next few minutes. That's the altar call today. We're just going to worship God because of how great he is. We're going to thank him for all the things that he's done for our life. Maybe you're walking through a tough time right now, but guess what? He's faithful. He is faithful. And he is crazy about you. He loves you. And he wants you to experience him. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet today. Let me pray for you. Jesus.
God, I pray right now that you would just, whatever you want to do in this building for the next few minutes, God, if there's people here who are hurting, if there's people here who have just had a week and maybe they're, they're, they're just discouraged, God, I pray, Lord, we learned that, that, that even when we don't feel like it, if we will just give you thanks and give you honor and give you worship, God, that it's actually better. So I just pray in Jesus' name, Lord, as the band begins to lead us, God, as we worship you, Lord, that your glory would come down, Lord, that you would fill this place, Lord, that you would heal broken hearts, Lord, that you would restore hope in someone's life today. And God, we worship you. We thank you so much for what you're doing at Destiny Church. Come on, let's worship today all over this place. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Destiny Church, how to get connected, or give online, visit destinychurch.me. Have a great week.